Welcome to my podcast, Unlocking Disney, where we talk about all things Walt Disney World, upcoming films, events, and more. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hey everyone, it's Maddie. Welcome to today's episode of Unlocking Disney. This is the last episode in my little series that I'm doing of my must-dos at Disney World. So today's episode is based on Epcot. We're looking at rides, attractions, quick service counters, restaurants, shows, entertainment, and meet and greets. I do really like every single Disney park that there is in Walt Disney World. However, Epcot is at the bottom of my list. There aren't loads of rides. There aren't loads of shows that I can watch. Personally, I don't get how people spend whole days there. Obviously, there are some parts of the park that I do really like and I've put all of them into a list and I'm going to be explaining them to you today. Starting off with rides and attractions, at the top of my list is 100% Test Track. Test Track allows you to build, create, design your own car and then the whole concept is that your car goes up against loads of other cars in loads of different tests. There's capability, power, efficiency and responsiveness. The whole concept of Test Track is just so cool. I really love the queue and the ride itself is really cool. If you've been to Disneyland California, it's relatively similar to Radiator Springs Racers. Obviously the concept is different, but the fact that you're in a car and you're on a certain type of track and then there's a little race bit at the end, that's how it's similar. I would say that it's a family ride and little kids would enjoy it. It's not even a lap bar, you've literally got a seatbelt on. There aren't any big drops. Honestly, it's so fun. I think it's perfect for the family. Next, we've got Soarin' Around the World. Do not underestimate it like I did. In 2017, when I went, my family were like, oh yeah, let's go on it. And I was like, I'm not really that keen on it. I don't really remember it from 2009, but we did end up going on it and it's just breathtaking. The concept of it is so good. I honestly love it. You do really feel like you're flying, which is such a strange thing. If you're afraid of heights, I'll probably say not to do this one because even though it's a form of simulator, you still come off the ground. It's a definite must do for me every single time that I go. It's just very immersive and you really feel as if you are flying around the world, which sounds so strange, I know, but I'm sure you'll understand it if you've been on it. Next up, we've got Frozen Ever After and I'm not being funny. I would do this ride just to be in the queue. One, it's air conditioned. Two, the theming is absolutely incredible. Three, you actually feel like you're walking through Arendelle. The ride itself is really, really sweet and I think that it's really good for younger kids. And if you're going with younger children, I probably would queue quite a long time for it. But because I'm 16, I wouldn't want to queue that long for it. As I said, it's really sweet, really cute, but the queue time can get up to like three hours on some days and it's just not worth that. I would queue probably no more than 45 minutes for it. I would really recommend this ride if you've got smaller children and if if you're like me and you're 16 or older really and the queue time's less than 45 minutes I say do it 100%. Next we've got a really cute little kids ride and it's the seas with Nemo and friends. Again it's air conditioned so it's a must do automatically. This ride is really really cute I'm not gonna lie. I would not queue anywhere near half an hour 45 minutes for it. Anything below that I would. You basically sit in a little shell and you're taken through the story of finding Nemo. It's really sweet and they actually do use the real aquarium like in the ride. They project Nemo Nemo and Dory and all that onto the glass of the aquarium, which I think is a really good idea. So overall, I would really recommend that one if the queue time isn't too long. It's really sweet and it's nice for some time out, but honestly, it is not worth anywhere more than half an hour. Now we're moving on to restaurants and quick service counters. I've actually only done two of these on my list, but three of them are on my bucket list. Starting off with Nine Dragons, which is around the world showcase in China. We actually had a reservation for Nine Dragons and I'm pretty sure we had it just as the restaurant opened in the day. So we were like the first people in 
him, which was quite fun. We had a really nice server. My dad and I were actually celebrating our birthdays last time we went, so we both got birthday cards. And inside it had happy birthday written in Chinese. The food was also absolutely incredible. I really recommend going if you haven't already. The next restaurant is very close to home because it's the Rose and Crown, which is in the UK pavilion. It's so weird because I actually think that the British food that's served in this restaurant is better than the British food that you get served in Britain. So when I went to this restaurant, I had the fish and chips, which is beer battered and served with tartar sauce. The only thing I would say, if you're not the biggest fan of salt, ask for your fish to be cooked not using salt because that's the only thing I found is that the batter was actually really salty. So I had to scoop the fish out of the batter. But other than that, it was absolutely lovely and it was only $13. Next on my list, I've got the refreshment port, which is in Canada. I've never been to Canada. I don't know much about it. But all I know is that I really want to try the poutine. If you don't know what poutine is, it's literally just chips, gravy and cheese. There's just something about it that really makes me want to try it. So next time I go to Disney, I really hope that I can. The next restaurant is meant to be one of the nicest restaurants that Disney has and it's the Cellier Steakhouse. Steak and chips or steak and mash is one of my favourite meals, which is exactly why I really want to go here. It is on the slightly more pricey side, which is why I probably won't be going there. But honestly, looking at the pictures of food, it looks incredible. If you want to hear more about the experience in this steakhouse, and I definitely recommend watching Brogan Tate's Disney vlogs. She went there in 2018 with her boyfriend Benji and they both said that it was one of the nicest meals they've ever had. The last restaurant that I'm going to be talking about is an absolute bucket list restaurant for me because you get to meet characters and I just love character dining. It's the Asker House Royal Banquet Hall. Again, it's on the more pricey side. It's like $63 for a main. So just like before, I don't think I'm going to be going there anytime soon. I guess you're paying more for the experience than the food as well. It definitely is a bucket list restaurant, but it only is if I had an endless pot of money, which unfortunately I don't. Now I'm going to move away from food because I feel like I love food so much that I just ramble. I'm now going to talk about shows, entertainment and character meets that I love. Starting with meeting Anna and Elsa at the Royal Summer House. This character meet is actually just to the right when you come out of Frozen Ever After. So it's a great one to do just as you come off the ride. That's what we did anyway. I had a really good interaction with both Anna and Elsa. Anna was definitely better for me. Very enthusiastic. She was talking about Olaf and she started reciting lines from the first Frozen film. I remember really vividly she was like he doesn't have a skull or bones or a stomach so things just kind of go right through him. Honestly it was just a really fun meet. Next on my list I've got character spot which is the only planned meet that you can actually see Mickey, Minnie and Goofy in their original costumes. And I feel like I don't even really need to say a lot about this. Like, why wouldn't you want to meet them in their original outfits? For me, meeting Mickey and Minnie is just something that I have to do on each of my trips. They're almost like the face of Disney. That's why I love Character Spot. And last but not least, I've put down Voices of Liberty, which is in the American Pavilion. It's like a mini show, but everyone just sits in a little gathering. There's a group of singers and they sing lots of Disney songs, famous American songs. Honestly, words cannot describe how incredible that show is. Is it classed as a show? You know what I mean. It's insane. You definitely have to go and watch it if you haven't already. That's one of my top things to do. That actually wraps up this episode of Unlocking Disney. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And I guess that's all of my must-dos for Walt Disney World in regards to like the parks as a whole. From now on, I'm going to be getting loads of my followers on Instagram involved. So if you want to be involved, definitely follow me there. You can find me at Disney Girls Blog. I've got a really exciting episode that I'm going to upload next. So make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't don't miss it. I will see you very soon with a brand new episode. Bye for now.